0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was on Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? All right, it's going quite well. It's, uh, what we got here? 9-16 on a weeknight. On the 31st of July. Wow. Well, we had to do a late-night episode because today was a big day. Indeed. 4 p.m. trade deadline, so that this gave us what like five hours to really crunch some numbers on all these guys, all right. the prospects, get a good scouting report, so we know what's coming in and what's leaving. Thank God I've watched like probably about 200, 300 Baltimore Orioles baseball games over the last five years, because if I hadn't, we might be in uh, might be SOL. I was gonna say all of that is actually coming in handy. Yeah, shout out to uh, user Alexa there for the uh, the infusion of knowledge I have received right from. Uh, watching Orioles baseball, along with Braves baseball. Yeah, But before we get into all that, um, I just got back from a trip at intern Jared's uh, lake house. You know, what? I was up in really upset that he didn't invite me to his, his uh, you know, to, to go to Maine with him. He just invited you. What the fuck's up with that? Uh, well, you've yelled at him a few too many times, and I personally apologize to him, but in your apology, you kind of just shit on him a little more. I guess. So took it a little personally. Right, sure, sure. But I I get why his Braves knowledge isn't 100% there. Ooh, when we're in Portland, Mm. Patriot shit everywhere. (sighs) It's very strange. That's awful. You want to rip it off. You see a flag, you just want to burn that shit. That was one of my first thoughts when we flew into Boston. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't thinking anything about sports, and then, like, I just, like, caught a stench. I was like, oh. Oh, you flew in the Boston airport? Yeah. Did you see the the sports bar? in boston in boston that i that was at when i when i was in boston a few um ago. was it what was it called it was just called like the sign looked like a windy sign but it wasn't a windy sign oh no were you closer to the terminal no we 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 ate at another one before that i okay. don't know what you're talking about though it was like strictly it was called like somebody it was like dicks or harry's or somebody's sports bar or something yeah. like that no it didn't oh, okay that that's where i saw the championships that banners that i told you about right. they won like 37 championships in a hundred years yeah i didn't see a ton of it we did we tried to like we had like an hour or two to kill in mm. downtown boston leaving And i was like oh, i guess we'll see what the city's all about yeah then we just hit traffic there's a red sox game going on oh, so yeah. kind of yeah. sucked yeah right so i'm not impressed with the city graham but you liked maine i, just, I liked maine yeah. i liked maine a lot That's but cool. it's just weird that there's so many patriots fans and yeah if you have more time in boston it's good i was up there a couple weeks ago see neil young had a good time um sport the city, sport Harvard, MIT. It's a good Mm -hmm. little city, but very prideful Boston sports fans. In in turn, Jared's mom, actually, uh, one of the first things she said to me was, I mean, she was sweet about it, but she felt, like, bad. About the Super Bowl. About our loss. And she was just like, honestly, like, that Super Bowl met, like, the least of all the Super Bowls. She, she, was. she might as well have just. I would have rather she'd slapped <laughs> you in the face or told you you had terminal cancer or something, other than telling you that. That's like salt. That's more than salt in the wound. It's like acid in the wound. That's awful. That they feel bad for us. Yeah, like you feel bad for <laughs> us, and that and the worst part is that, that, that their championship didn't mean as much. Right, right. Like that meant everything. That, would me. that everything meant the to fucking us. world to me. I know. That's, that's awful. That's what I was about to. Um, I started telling her that, and she's right. like, "No, I, I totally get it." Right, and uh, I guess we we'll take this moment to segue into, uh, real quick, we have a special guest with us tonight, um, Chipper Allen, my cousin, University of Georgia graduate, big fan of uh, Braves baseball, unfortunately is from Charlotte and is also a Carolina Panthers fan.
1: Oh yeah, we're the original Spygate though, so you want to talk about the Patriots, Right, like, I hate them maybe more than y'all do.
0: Yeah, because you were in the, that was the third Super Bowl A1, right, it was against That Hill. was
1: early in their dynasty, maybe even their second one, because they had just beat the Rams, and uh, they came off, and I think it was in 04. You're right. It was the second one, because the, the third, one was, one. third one was against um, Philly. Yeah. Yeah. You were at that game. You went to a Super I was Bowl. at the game. Yeah. I was, uh, I think I was eight years old at that point. My dad got his seats in the bottom right corner, in, like, in the Panthers' sideline. If we would have won that game, we would have had signed everything, and we're on the way to it, and then John Casey kicks it out of bounds. Brady gets the ball at the 40 with, like, uh, something like 40 seconds left. Easily gets within field goal range, and Vinatieri knocks it through. And It sucks. And I felt like we were, <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it fucking sucked. Yep. And I cried like the little eight year
0: old that I was. I cried like the 20, what, 27 year old I was. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can relate. We get that pain. <laughs> yeah, that pain sticks you then, isn't it? You still think about that night every once in a while? I do, yeah, yeah, I do. Every time I see the Patriots
1: anything, I definitely cry a little bit inside
0: it's terrible well even though he's a division rival we can at least empathize with those, those yeah. right we, ha- we have that in common I forget that other teams get screwed as well right it's not just yeah. us yeah and they spied on us
1: <laughs> and they beat us by what 1.2 points
0: something like, yeah. like that yeah
1: so in my mind we won that game they cheated they take the title
0: well <laughs> that's not how it went down though <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> Unfortunately, unfortunately, come well, we with consequences. We got a huge show for you guys. We got Braves trade deadline uh, news to go over. We have uh, Julio's stuff. Julio finally, finally reported a training camp that happened last week. Unfortunately, the last time we released an episode, it was like the day that happened, and the episode that we had recorded, we were like, well, we don't know when Julio's holdout's going to end, and then it happened right before. Well, I thought we started. had said that we on our last one we said that it was over, and that he was reporting. And then the very next day, they're like, no, it's not over. Right. So basically, we were right. Basically, we were right. Yes. Yeah, so maybe I shouldn't have said that. But, yeah. you know, say Levy, We'll talk about that a little we bit. We just jumped the gun a little bit. Uh, we, we're going to talk, the majority uh, Majority of the show will be about the Braves and everything that's going on with them. The Sean Newcomb no-hitter, Sean Newcomb's tweets that surfaced, We et cetera. We, <laughs> yeah. have a, uh, we have a lot to talk about um, relating to Atlanta Braves baseball. Colby Allard's making his first start tonight, which is exciting. Uh, tons of shit to get to, so let's let's jump right into uh, Braves report here. So first of all, Graham, since I was up in Maine, I kind of didn't watch the Braves over the weekend. I checked mm-hmm. the scores. Yeah. Um, those first three Dodgers games yeah. were ugly, huh? They were bad. I went to the game on Saturday night, and it was it was rough. It was rough. can not get a lot going offensively. Johan Camargo hit a hit a beautiful home run, actually about five rows below where I was. Which was cool, but um, and Max Freed pitched, and I and I liked what I saw from him. Yeah, he, he gutted through five five tough innings, but it was once again your boy Snicker made some very poor managerial decisions. All right, let's hear it. So fifth inning, bottom of the fifth, he decides to pinch hit for Freed, knowing have, that our bullpen sucks. We have runners on base. No one's on base. Two outs. No one's on. Free could go, definitely go another inning. He puts in Michael Reed, who looks like you or me swinging a fucking baseball bat in the Is major it leagues. Pretty athletic. No. And uh it was like it was like one and two, and there's this ball clearly in the dirt, and he just like check swinged and it was fucking awful. So the freeze has gone. Put in your boy Luke Jackson gives up some runs. And then so it's like, you know, we get to and that basically makes it that basically makes it three to one. We get into the ninth inning. Some reason Sam fucking Freeman comes hey. in. Sam fucking Freeman. And he gives up runs. And then Johnny Venters comes in and relieves him. Johnny Venters is back for those. Yeah, that that's, that's wild. Out. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately he inherited a bad situation. He gave up a run. By that point the game was over. And and Peter Moylan was also put in. And it was like, why are we putting in it was like Freeman, Sam Freeman, and then Peter Moylan. Well it's... it just it just, just boggles the mind. You're only down two runs. You're still in the game, and you put in Sam fucking Freeman in the ninth inning. It was also, I would have taken Minner. It's, I would have taken anybody. It was also just strange because it's like coming out of the All Star break, so it's not like those guys aren't rested. Yeah, it was just it was just really just a poor decision, and now we find out today that Sam Freeman's on the DL, Peter Mullins on the DL, so we have to see them for a while, which is nice. Um, I like how they've been doing that anytime like they have an uncomfortable situation where just put him on the DL. Yeah, they're not really like I doubt he has shoulder inflammation, but right. Um, but yeah, those those games against the Dodgers were ugly. We got a uh, big one on Sunday, which was nice. Um, against Stripling, their pitcher, who's actually had a really good season, so that was nice to see. But yeah, no, we've been in, we've been in a tailspin, honestly, over the last month and a half. I mean, well, you're not not even going to mention the almost no hitter. Well, we'll get to that. Okay, but I'm just I saying, like, overall, if we look at where the teams have been, you know, in the last like. Monthish, we're like, or maybe even more than that. We're like, basically a 500 team. Yeah. In the last 60 games. Yeah, it's been rough. July has not been good at even all. Even June. June's yeah. been rough too. We haven't won a series still since that Cardinal series going into the going from late June to early July. Yeah. It's been a disaster. This season's kind of uh, creeping up on us too. Towards, I mean. Yeah, it's August-September. August. It's it's a pennant run now. Right, and the amazing part is is that the Phillies and the Nationals are haven't really done much. We're only, a, as a recording of this on July 31st, 2018, we're only um, half a game back of them. and The Nationals are, are five games back of us, so it's like, or five games back of the Phillies, I guess. But, I mean, I would have thought if we had come out of you know, if you looked at where we've been in the last month and a half, that we'd be a little buried in the standings, but we're not. We're right no, in this that, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. That's why we were sellers today. I mean, buyers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so there are some cons- concerns there with the, the team's overall play, the bullpen. We can talk about that to death. But let's focus on the new acquisitions we've gotten, at them. Okay. Uh, first move that was made was Johnny Venters. And because we have no real reason to use international... Money. Thanks because to your boy Copy. Thanks to Capilella and his scandal, we traded some international slap money to the Tampa Bay Rays for Johnny Venter's. For those who don't remember Johnny Venter's, he was an amazing pitch, a relief pitcher for us, setup man from about 2010 to 2012, and uh, had a hell of a run with us. He earned the the moniker "Everyday Johnny," especially in 2010, because Bobby Cox used him like literally every day. It didn't matter what the score was, it didn't matter what situation. It was like Johnny Venter's is pitching. I think in 2011 he had the most appearances in the National League, or it was in the top like four or five in terms of. Well, bullpen. He was in like 90. Wasn't yeah, he? no, it was just nuts. Has three Tommy John surgeries. Finally comes back with the Tampa Bay. I don't think he's pitched since about I don't like know five years, something like that. Yeah, and he had a pretty good run with Tampa Bay. Uh, had just come off the DL and we made a move for him. Hopefully his left arm can can um, you know can stick. Yeah, hopefully and it's not just like an Atlanta curse for him. No, and I don't think this is a situation like remember when we got Erica Flaherty back after his run had ended with us and it was sort of like a nostalgia move and he, had a, he was okay and then he just sucked ass, especially yeah. last year. Johnny Venters, I mean watching him from the game I was at, and he also pitched uh, that fri- last Friday. Still, he, the, he looked like Johnny Still Vinters. had that crazy movement. Yeah, he looked like Johnny Venters. It wasn't as... How hard was he throwing? Still in the mid-90s wow. to me from what I, you know, and... Uh, from your vantage, point. my vantage field. point, I think I think he was still, <laughs> no, he still got some zip on the ball. He yeah. still got a really good sinker. Um, it was nice to see, and it also proved that this wasn't just like a uh, you know fan service. It was like Johnny can still pitch when he's healthy. Sweet. Hopefully, he stays healthy. So that was the first. And so to get I him think. for basically nothing, basically nothing. Uh, so what were, what, what were your reactions to getting Johnny Vittert back? Uh, I was very surprised. Yeah. But I mean, that's awesome. Like I said, you obviously bullpen. Yeah. Is our weak point. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get a guy who's had some success this year um, for next to nothing is great move. Yeah, no, I, I was I was good with that. And then news came out later uh, a couple of days ago. We got Brad Brock from the Orioles. A lot of people don't know who Brad Brock is. I do. So from 2012 <laughs> to 2017, La fucking Da. From 2012 to 2017, Brad Brock was one of the best relievers in baseball. Set up man, eighth inning guy. I think Giant Venter's in twenty ten through twenty twelve, basically for the Orioles, and has some closing experience too. But this guy is an all star. He was a really fucking good pitcher. Mm-hmm. He has not been good this year. He's been injured. It's been slow, sort of coming back to reality. Also, I think playing for the Orioles this year is just awful because they're like fifty games under five hundred. It's depressing. Yeah, and so when he's on, this guy is a really fucking good pitcher. Six slider. Yeah, he's a really good slider, good off-speed stuff, good heat. Uh, I think he's made one appearance so far. He looked really good um, for us. And so he could be a really good pickup. If he has any resemblance to what he was from 2012 to 2017, we've gotten a really nice player. And once again, we didn't give up anything for him. It's just more international slot money that we can't fucking use as a copy. And the beauty of him coming here is him and Gaussman. Gaussman? Gaussman. I've always said Gaussman, but I think it's Gaussman. Gaussman. (laughs) Yeah. Um, is that they're coming from a team... They're both ground ball pitchers. Yeah. And they're coming from a team that had Manny Machado at shortstop, who's horrendous at shortstop, but for some reason insists on playing shortstop. Even though he's now at third for Los Angeles. Not my battle to fight. Sure. Um, Ooh, Colby Alley. Colby Allard with his first major league hit. That's pretty sweet. Awesome. So they go from a really bad uh, fielding team Mm -hmm. to what's been... I think a top five top defensive team. I think we're top three in terms of defensive runs saved for yeah. that stat today. So that's going to help out. Also not pitching the AL East where you got to contend with the likes of Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Mookie Betts, or J.D. Martinez. You don't got to worry about those guys anymore. No. That's going to really help a lot. Um, but I'm really excited about Brock. I, I know if like he is on – like he was one of the best setup men in the game. Yeah. During that five-year run, so I mean, he's he's one year removed from that. He can get back to that. He had a horrible July with the Orioles. He had like a ten eighty-one ERA. It was awful. <laughs> but but
1: don't change look at, Don't can, worry
0: about stats. No, it's like, a gut feeling. But the thing is, change of scenery can help. And he's got the fucking talent. He's not that far removed from being an elite setup man. So hopefully, he can, if he can get back to that, I mean, that's a huge steal. Yeah. Granted, my my only knowledge on him is watching him last night. And looked pretty good, huh? He just looked like a steady reliever. Dropping he dropping in those strikes. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, he... Camargo like, made an error, but he worked through it. He didn't panic. And right. I saw that last night. It was a really easy play that Camargo flubbed, but it was like, I mean, Brock's, when he's on, he's a fucking steady hand. He's a guy you can always depend on. So, like, this could be a big move for us, yep. honestly. Like, people, you look at the peripherals this year, and it's awful, but you also, if you go deeper into the career... This was an excellent, excellent relief pitcher. Yep. So that was the second move that was made. Then we uh, fast forward to, what was it, last night, Adam? We traded yeah, for Adam Duvall from the Cincinnati Reds. About 10 p.m. or so. Yeah. Yep. Uh, only hitting 205 this year, which isn't great, and under 300 on base percentage, which is also not very good. However, 16 home runs, right-handed power, off the bench, he's hit 16 home runs. Driven like 61 RBIs Yeah, well. So you got to take some of that into account. On also, another good thing is is that he is a plus defender. Saved multiple runs this year in the outfield. And because of his ability to hit left-handed pitching, Anthopolis has announced that pretty much that when we have a lefty on the mound that Duvall's going to play left field, Ronald Acuna Jr. shifts over to center field. And and Ciarte's on the bench now. Yeah, and who has been the bench. struggling horrendously against lefties. I mean, he, he's awful against left-handers. So I mean, a lot of people I've um, have seen haven't liked the move just because of his poor on-base percentage. I and don't understand. I don't understand who can't like. Like they, we got rid of. Like it's one of those trades that you see like fans on Twitter like proposing that are just like absurd. It's like oh, let's get rid of like some of our worst pitchers, and for like a good player. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt about this. It's like Whistler. We know what Whistler is. He has no future with the Braves. He's been yeah, was, like six or seven guys have jumped over him. Yeah, Whistler, already. Lucas Sims, Lucas Sims, same thing. Had one like one good start this year. You know, he's kind of a bum. Whatever. A first round draft pick of twenty twelve. It didn't work out. Right. And then Preston Tucker, who's a quadruple A player. He had a good April for us. Right. You, Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. No. I mean, without him, I mean. That's a lot of wins that you can accredit not completely to him but partially. A couple. Of, yeah. But then I mean, we have Acuna. Cunha. Yeah, we have Acuna. Cunha. And, so, and who, who do you value more long term? Preston Duvall, Tucker or Ronald Cunha. is clearly a better player than Preston Tucker. Yeah, and I think especially defensively, right? I mean he oh, yeah. like that's a big like I can't you can't undervalue defense, particularly in the outfield. I mean, you really can't. I mean, like, Ender on this game on Saturday night. There's that ball hit deep into the right center field gap, and I, mean, I swear to God, he must have run seventy feet to go get that ball. Mm-hmm. Most defenders aren't going to get that thing. Right. He saved two runs there. Yeah, I mean it was a huge play. So, like, if we can get another, I'm not saying Adam Duval's ender, but I'm just saying he he has good analytics in terms of his his, his defensive prowess. So well, yeah, for it. I mean, I don't know if he's. I mean, I wouldn't call him an improvement defensively over Acuna out there. No. But you're not going to lose much. Yeah, it's not it's not what we've had in the past with Matt Kemp out there, right. or, or Preston Tucker earlier this year. Right, and you get pretty much your first real good power bat off the bench probably since Eric Hinske. Yeah, I can't really think of a guy since then that's that's a good power bat off the bench that you can say, okay, you know, we need a we need a homer here. We we need a big pinch hit, and you don't really have a guy with power. Can I inject? Yes. Adams. Matt Adams was good last year, no doubt. Good point. He did also, you know, he started a lot last season. Yeah, because
1: of Freddie's injuries. Right.
0: Well, that was another, yeah, that was one, throw him in left field and he was awful defensively too. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah he, boy, you, he, he, he's much. a good hitter. Right. Um, but, yeah, as far as Duvall, another, I think, Dave O'Brien threw this stat out to all the people <laughs> bitching on Twitter um, about his power and talking about how he's always oh, he playing in that um, tiny stadium up there in Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, he has better power numbers on the road. And, like, he has as many home runs since 2016 as, like, Chris Bryant and Freddie Freeman and more home runs than uh, Bryce Harper. Oh, yeah, this is a guy that can hit 30 home runs in a season. Yeah, so it's... He's honestly on pace to hit 30 home runs in a season this no, year, too. Nothing to scoff at, and he's been a, lot, a little unlucky this year. His batting average on balls in play is extremely low, so I, you would think that that trend is going to reverse... Very good, Adam. I'm proud of you <laughs> for you looking Grim. that up. <laughs> yeah. I saw that today too. I think it's hit like 244, and his hard contact rate supposedly really good. So you know he's making good time contacts, just hitting it right at guys. So yeah. hopefully that reverses itself. Um, and so I think it's a good move. And especially like the big thing that Anthopolis kept saying is we're not going to mortgage the farm. We're not going to we're not going to make the blockbuster move. We're going to get guys we think we can help us but we're not going to give up our future for it. Right. Because we're not in the position of, say, the Nationals in 2012, when it was like, you yeah, have the team right now that can fucking win the World Series. This team cannot win the World Series this year. Unless, well, they could. It's possible, but I'm just saying, like... If we get really scrappy. But I'm just saying, you compare <laughs> this team to the 2012 Nationals. Yeah. 2012 Nationals had a hell of a lot better chance to win the World Series than we do. Sure. Our our future... Our, I mean, our, our, our window... Sets up more for the future than it does the present. So there's no need to give up a shit ton of prospects for... Um, Starting pitching. Yeah, some elite starter or something like that, or some huge bat. I honestly would have been sick if we had traded, like, an Allard or... I didn't even want to see Freed go at this point. Right. I think we got something there, too. Right, we were we were Or linked. Ian Anderson or... Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright, any of those guys. Or Soroka. For Archer, who I think is a mediocre pitcher. Well, the thing with Chris Archer, it was interesting. Like, the trade deadline was really exciting today. I had a hard time focusing at work just because it was like, trade deadline is like checking Twitter all the time, watching MLB Network and shit. And it was like, it was pretty much down to the Pirates, the Braves, and the Brewers to get Chris Archer. And I read an interesting article Today about Chris Archer on Tampa Bay Times, so you know it's like I don't know if it's legit, but it's like people that watch Chris Archer, you know, and they actually were able to say, you know, one of the reasons he struggled. I mean, if you remember, the reason why there's so much hype around Chris Archer, he had an amazing 2015 season, struck out a shit ton of guys, was I think in the running for Cy Young, was was had a really good season, and then the last three seasons he hasn't been as good, and they really broke it down why, and it was like his off-speed pitches just aren't as good. He's catching a lot of the middle of the plate with a slider. They even broke it down with a graph and everything in terms of like percentage of, of of how much he's in the middle of the zone to how much he's out of the zone or, or in a, or a place that's harder to hit. Yeah, and it was it was amazing comparing his 2015 stats to 2018. He's lost something with his off speed pitches. He still has great strikeout numbers. His fastball is still pretty much the same as it's always been. It's just his off speed stuff is just not where it needs to be. And so, and you know, looking the Pirates wound up getting him. And looking at what they gave up for him, they gave up uh, Tyler Glass now, who's a highly prized pitching prospect, and another, um, I think, another major leaguer uh, outfielder whose name escapes me right now. But you know, for us, that would have been Allard. That would have been Sirocco. That would have been, I don't know, someone that we really value. Austin Riley. Austin Riley. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it was like, God, it was I don't terrible. know if I want to give up. And like no. the thing was with Archer too; he's thirty years old. Yeah, he's a good. He's he's a he can be a really good pitcher, but it's like, you know, and I was reading some fan comments in the Tampa Bay uh, paper um, online, and they were like, you know, he can either be a, a number one or a number five. You just don't know what the fuck you're gonna get. Do you really want to give up Austin Riley for someone like that, yeah. or 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 Colby Allard or or Soroka or Kyle Wright or Tukey? That would have been a disaster. No, no, yeah. And then watch them flourish. Be the next Adam Wainwright. Right. That would have been bad. So I was, I was a little... Because I kind of wanted Archer just to see what would happen, but knowing what the pirates gave up for him, I'm glad we didn't make the same right. move. Um, and I was watching ESPN today for some reason. It felt n- n- nostalgic because we just got one of those Amazon... Um, you know, the box thing you plug in your TV? Oh, the fire Stick. Fire Stick. Yeah, yeah which is pretty sweet. Mm. It's a lot better than first generation Chromecast. Oh, you actually updated. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. look at you. Yeah, let's yeah. check it out. So I was like, Oh, trade deadline show, they have that on. Let's yeah. uh see what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. It was just so frustrating because I was following on Twitter and like i know something ten minutes beforehand. So like when the Gossman trade came down, yeah. ESPN Live is saying, Looks like Kevin Gosman might be traded, but we don't know to whom yet. Mhm. I was like, yeah, we do. Yeah. We got him. What are you guys <laughs> talking about? And it was just... And then they just kept talking about, like, best trades, deadline deals of the past.
1: ESPN's terrible now.
0: Yeah, well, th- that's what I learned today. But Mark Teixeira's on there. And they they recapped... Mark Teixeira himself was Mark, on the show. Yeah, oh, fuck yes, me. himself. And, of course, they bring up... The 2007 the trade. 2007 trade to the Braves. And, like, they even broke it down with, like, the... F-War, is that Future War? I'm not sure. I think, I think it's... I don't know. Because I thought F-War was Offensive War, but then I've also seen F-War for pitchers, so I don't fucking know. It was like the total war for these players over their time with the Rangers and Elvis Andrews is like 26, and mm-hmm. Neftali Feliz was like 15, and yeah. all this crap. And We contributed a lot to those Rangers-American League championships. Yes, we contributed everything. Yeah. For one, for one year of Teixeira, and then we... year get, and a half. No, well, we just got him at the deadline, and we traded him at the deadline. Well, we traded him in 20... Oh, I guess it was a year. Yeah. Oh, fuck me, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then we traded him for, like, Casey Kochman and some loser reliever. Yep. And then, as I found out after that, the, the Angels got a compensation pick for losing Mark Teixeira that they had for half a year... And got the because we, we traded Teixeira to the Angels. To the Angels, right. we traded Teixeira to, to the Angels. I was always because wondering, we were going to lose him as a free agent well, anyway. Here's my question, Adam. I always wondered why we didn't get more for Teixeira. Because he just had half a year. But it was like it's just frustrating. Who we get? We got some loser first baseman, Casey Kochman. Casey Kochman. Casey Koshman is fucking garbage. Bullshit. Yeah, it was. it was, I guess was on the decline there. I guess. I think that was the year Ren took it. I can't remember. Whatever. Yeah. Fine. But anyways. Angels have him for, like, four months that we could have just held on to him. Three months. Yeah. And uh, they end up getting 25th first overall pick in the next draft because the Yankees signed Tejera and drafted Mike freaking Trout. Yeah. It's, it, it, you yeah. But it's just, we can't get away from that trade. No, but you Ten also got to think about it. Think how many other teams missed on Mike Trout. 24, 25 other teams missed on Mike Trout. Right. Still sucks. Yeah. But, I mean, like, we were not the only ones. That's the way she goes, huh? That's the fucking way she goes. Yeah. But uh, that's a good point. But let's get into... <laughs> let's... But, you know, that in mind, let's get into Kevin Gossman. Okay. So... Kevin Gossman, in the year 2016, had a hell of a season. Uh, ERA in the 3-4 area. It was a f- fourth overall pick. The fourth overall pick in 2012. LSU. Yeah. Came up in, like, I can't remember the exact year he came up, but... 2016 was when he hit his stride. He had the best season overall. I think it was worth like 4.2 wins and wore um, struck out a lot of guys. Went deep into innings overall. Um, it looked like he was going to be a stud. It looked like yeah. he was going to be you know ace of the staff for the Orioles. Um, you know that year, unfortunately, the Orioles lost in a wild card game, similar to how the Braves did. Buck Showalter didn't put in his closer. Instead, put in a bottle of Jimenez. Blue Jays win, whatever. But you know, you, you, you looked at the year. You know, you had a couple of years with, with Gallus members. Like, okay, he's learning, he's learning. Third year, it's like, all right, he was there. 2016, I was like, boom, this is the guy. Last couple years, including this year, have been rough for him. Not a great ERA, bad fielding, independent pitching, giving up a lot of home runs. I think in his last eight starts, I think he's given up one home run each time. Yeah. However, has a good ground ball rate. Has electric stuff in terms of gas. He throws like 97, 98. The Orioles have n- historically been a bad re- organization for developing starting pitching. They've had a good bullpen since they've been contending mm-hmm. since 2012, but starting pitching they've really sucked with. Think about Jake Arrieta. Mediocre pitcher. Trade to the Cubs. Beast. Turns into a monster. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen with Gosman, but the talent is there. The potential's there. The yeah. Potential's there. The problem is he doesn't have like a great third pitch right now. And if that can be developed along with his his fastball, which is really fucking good, who knows? And also, Camden Yards is one of the most home-run friendly parks in baseball. And as you pointed out on our Twitter uh, about a month ago, the SunTrust Park quote-unquote launching pad moniker is not really true. No. uh, uh, This year, at least. I was thinking about that as well, though. That could be a skewed stat because the Braves aren't hitting as many home runs. Good point. However... It's not like everybody's coming into SunTrust Park and and launching bombs this year. It's not at all what it used to be. It's also, once again, as we said earlier in the show, he's not going against the AL East. He's not going up against Martinez and Betts and Stanton and Sanchez and fucking Aaron Judge and all these other guys. Uh, It's a much easier division to navigate. Also, Mark Bowman, the Braves MLB uh, official beat writer today, pointed out that against non-AL East opponents, I think he has a 312 ERA. Okay. Um. So, I mean, we got let's it. see what happens. Yeah. Let's see what happens. It's it's not one of those moves that's gonna like make you freak out over anything. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's it's a guy we didn't give up a lot for him. Our best um, prospect was was Brett Cumberland, who's I think our number twenty prospect, he was in the twenty range uh, catcher. The other guys I never heard of. That was, Encarnacion was, guy was the yeah. one guy that apparently has a bunch of potential, but who knows? Who knows? And there were two other guys I never heard of. It was four, I think, four total prospects, yeah. and it's sort of like we need more starting pitching. He also has control. I think he's, you know, he signed through twenty twenty, so you it's got been very durable too. Got, right? He throws a lot of innings. He's not one of those guys that that pusses out in the fifth inning for the most part. So which one of is our nice. pitchers? Yeah, he's not one of those yeah. guys. So I mean, like, well, you know, we'll see. I mean, like, it's one of those things where we don't know exactly what to expect from him he's going to a completely new league, completely new division and we'll see what happens. The oh. track record isn't great. He's only had one really good season in 2016, but you know, let's 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 not Offer him to the the execution squad at this point. Let's not say this is a bad move. Let's see what happens. I was really hoping, because there was like, what, 15, 20 minutes where we didn't know who got traded? Right. I was really hoping that Julio was going to be in that deal. Oh, Tehran? Yeah. I don't think anyone wants Julio Tehran. But just like a change of scenery swap. Yeah, if he goes to fucking Baltimore, he's going to give up double the amount of home runs he always gives up. And he already gives up at least a home run every fucking start he has. Yeah. We, uh, we posted a couple of polls today. On our Twitter, and we got a surprising amount of uh, surging social media stats. Surging <laughs> social media stats, eighty-five votes at him uh, on after we got Gossman, and I uh, asked Braves Country, "What do you think? Is it woo? Great move? Meh? Indifferent? Bad? Or who the hell is Kevin Gossman?" Forty-seven percent said, "Woo!" Nice. Forty percent said. 5% said bad, 8% said who the hell is Kevin Gossman out of 85 votes. So, you know, the slight majority is yay, then indifference, and then vast minority is bad, and who the hell is this guy? I uh, I did both of those polls today yeah. for my Twitter, thinking that it was Matt Chernoff both times that that poll polls out polls <laughs> <on>. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. And I was like, oh. Yeah, because I put something for Chris like, Archer, too. You mean intern Jared. Yeah, he's, he's been doing a lot of work on the Twitter yeah. Yeah, I just remember Chris Archer but that's irrelevant at this point. Yeah. But it seems like the majority of uh of users are excited for Gossman. No, I I feel so much better about that deal. Apparently the Orioles were trying to get like number 2 type starter mm-hmm. t- uh talent back for him. Right. And according to a lot of uh people who know these prospects a lot better than we do, they got more of like a number 4 mm. type starter return. So Yeah, I mean, we didn't give up anybody that's really on the radar. Unless you're a hardcore Brace fan that reads Talk and Chop every day, you're probably not going to know who these fucking guys are. Right. Or you're in the media. So, I think it's great that we didn't give up Tukey, Kyle Wright, Ian Anderson, or Riley. Those are are the guys I did not want to lose under any circumstance. So, filled two bullpen arms, um, right-handed power bat off the bench. Right, and a rotation guy. platoon in left field, and a rotation. I think that checks everything, and we didn't trade a single top 15 prospect. Yeah. Boom. Hats off to Alex Anthopoulos. The guy is good. Yeah. No, he, he really made it work. I think he really made it work. He's always talked the talk, but now he's uh, showing what he can do. Yeah, and even if these moves don't work out, it's not a big deal. But it's just such a win-win, too, in the fact that he's showing his current players and the fans that, yes, we... I mean, we're half came out of first. We're going to go for it this year. Yeah. Versus standing pat. But we're not going to mortgage our future. Right. We're not going to give up Austin Raleigh for Chris Archer. Yeah. You know, something like that. Right, exactly. So that's nice. Uh, let's get to the Sean Newcomb near no-hitter. You, I assume you missed most of that game. I, I actually watched um, from the bar in Boston at the airport. Mm-hmm. I was watching a good bit of it and then like right when we're boarding I was like going to the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. So you saw a good amount of it. Yeah, but then we lost Wi-Fi so I lost it after that. Gotcha. But I saw him dealing. Who was that? Nick Marcakis just had a home Kanks. run two-run bomb. How many Orioles, ex-Orioles do we have on this team now? Marcakis, Flaherty. Oh, we forgot about one guy. Darren O'Day was also traded oh, yeah. in the Gossman deal. I'll tell you about Darren O'Day. Been as con- it's consistent, steady as a fucking rock since 2012. This guy is a legitimate middle reliever. Think of sidearm Eric Flaherty. That's what I compare him to. Eric Flaherty in his prime. Had a 312 ERA this year. It was really, you know, not his best year, but he's still but in the zone. However, unfortunately... Caveat. He's under, he underwent uh, hamstring surgery that will put him out for the rest of the year. Good news is we have him for, for next year. Hamstring surgery doesn't sound good for a side armor. doesn't sound good, but I'm just telling you, Like when this guy is on, he hasn't had a bad season in like seven or eight years. I mean, th- this, this dude is a legitimate middle reliever. And thinking about us continuing at an even greater level next year, which I think we will, He's gonna come in real fucking handy if he's healthy. If he were healthy this year, it would be huge. That would have just been Darren an o- unreal return. No, because I saw that. I saw Darren O'Day's coming. I was like, oh my god! But just like, I don't, old. I don't watch the Orioles every day anymore. But I was, I said, oh my god! And I looked him up and I was like, ah oh, shit, he's underwent underwent hamstring yeah. surgery, which sucks. But come next year, that guy's gonna be a huge player if he's healthy. He's gonna be a huge reliever for us. I, w- I wonder if like. I need to stroll through Red's Twitter a little bit and see if they're, like, excited about these pitching prospects they got back. Oh, oh, Sims and... uh, Whistler. Whistler. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know. I'm sure they are. Like, oh, yeah, these guys got Major League experience. Look, they're young. They're only 26. Right. Yeah, who knows? Whistler did have that one good start in Cincy. Maybe that's what sold them. I have no idea. I would not take those guys and... At all. I know, I think their GM said, you know, we're really excited about the Sims contributing to the starting rotation. And I was like, you just got to, <laughs> you just got to say that crap. Right. So, uh, well, yeah, let's get into the Newcomb no hit bit. So you saw most of it. Yep. Guy was unstoppable. Perfect through, I think, five and a third until uh, he walked Yassiel Puig. But, I mean,. He was doing what he's done when he's been effective this year, which is elevate the fastball, elevate the fastball, get ahead in the count, and elevate the fastball for the knockout pitch, whether it's a strikeout, whether it's ground out or it's a pop-up. He was just, that was the best performance he's ever had. Yeah. It was unbelievable and true to Atlanta fashion. it gets to the ninth inning, <laughs> two and two count. Um, Got battled, didn't he? Yeah, Chris Taylor battled. There was one pitch where I was like, that should have been strike three. Ugh. Unfortunately, it wasn't. And then the next pitch, or the pitch after, was uh, hit through the hole. And then the, the, uh, the no-hitter was blown up. Uh, threw, like, 134 pitches. I mean, it was just an unbelievable effort. Yeah, I was just proud of Snit for running him out there. Yeah, letting him go. Yeah. Letting him go. Fuck it, right? Look, they can throw more than 100 pitches. Yeah. Who would have thought? It was, that, that was awesome to see. Um, I, I, I find myself, I don't care that much about no-hitters anymore. Like, they're not what they used to be. I think it's still an amazing accomplishment. Like perfect game. We haven't had a no hitter since Kent Merker in the ninth in the early nineties. Right. So, but yeah. you get you get so many random dudes, like Dallas Braden throwing a no hitter. Oh, for like, Oakland. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, that didn't someone for the Cardinals just throw a no hitter last week? I don't know. Maybe I think, I think he did. Okay. But I don't know. Obviously, it's awesome. But I, I just I wasn't like I was more just excited that Newcomb pitched well and we. Won the game. Right. Um, Yeah, that was good. And then we get, like, after the game, all this stuff comes out about Sean Newcomb and his high school years posting homophobic, racist tweets uh, in high school. That sort of puts a damper on the whole, you know, amazing (laughs) effort. It it goes from best day of his life to worst day of your day. Yeah, it's like... The feeling of getting got on social media... It's never happened to me, right. but that's got to be an awful feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, just your stomach drops. Right.
1: I'm telling you, it never happens to anyone until they're at the highest point they've ever been. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It was, it's interesting. It seems well, like this is
0: this new thing. Bunch of haters out there that's, that want to find crap on you. Right, that's happening on social media. There is, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, uh, I know you guys know Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, so the director of Guardians of the Galaxy recently got fired from the third one. He did the first two. For some tweets that were uh, weird. They were like bad jokes. They were about like pedophilia and pissing everywhere. It just really vulgar things um, that were dredged up by some super right-wing guy. And uh, Disney immediately fired James Gunn, the director. And because of it, they're like, we don't vouch for this. You know, this doesn't represent who we are as a business. James Gunn was very gracious Guys, He's like, I get it. You know, I apologize for this before I apologize again. I'm sorry. There were tweets? There were tweets. So he's deleted them, but people have screenshots. I guess. Yeah. And so it was... Um, so right. he's gone. So he's gone from those movies. And, and, you know, they happened a while ago. They happened in like 2010 or something. Everyone freaks out. Same. It's pretty much the same thing with Sean Newcomb. Right. So it comes down to really, you know, people finding these old things and, you know, it's, it's a touchy subject, right? Because it's kind of like... They are inexcusable things to say. You talk about pedophilia, you talk about racism, you talk about homophobia. It's not kosher. It's not good. But did you read the tweets? I've read. I read all of them. Newcoms. Yeah. I read Newcoms. I read James Gunn's. Um, Trey Turner had the same thing. The Nationals. Yeah, same uh, day. Yeah, same day. It's yeah. like people are just digging to find things about these guys. But it just. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like. This is probably going to change the way that teams evaluate social media in terms of players. They're probably going to make them just delete an account. Yeah, why is that not the first thing you do? Like, any agent for any athlete or actor or whatever. Right.
1: It should be the first thing you're required to tell your yeah, PR like, guy
0: your rookie year. Like, yeah. what
1: dicey stuff have you put out there? But well, well you know what the Or hire
0: thing. an intern to right. just go through and find it all. And well, the, the crazy thing is with, with James Gunn. The Guardians of the Galaxy director is that he apologized for that right before he was signed by Disney to do the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. No one said anything. And hmm. now it brought up in social media it was like immediate firing. He like came out and said I was an idiot. I'm sorry. In bad taste. Yeah. Fuck me. My bad. Yeah, Newcomb's was an interesting one too, because I don't think Sean Newcomb's a bad guy. No. I mean, and, and the, and the great thing was, I think, after the day after it happened, Ender and Ciarte said, Sean Newcomb's an amazing teammate. He's one of the best teammates we have yeah. ever had. This, this is a high-quality, high-character guy. doesn't excuse what he said. It doesn't excuse the behavior. The behavior should be condemned. No matter how young you are. The behavior should not be condoned in any respect. You should be held accountable. And we also got to think, like, Sean Newcomb was 18, 19 years old. You got to know what you're saying at that point. You're, you're technically an adult. You could still be an idiot. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough to, like, know how to react to that. Yet I condemn the actions, but you just gotta think about where the man is today. I'm sure he's grown. His teammates have accepted him. No one's renounced him and said he's a motherfucker. So it's not like I forgive Sean Newcomb for saying what he said, but it's also like I expect that he has grown since then, manned up, and is not gonna do... And doesn't believe that. That's a big thing to me. It's like he doesn't believe that anymore. He doesn't believe in the shit he said. What he said was fucking stupid, Probably didn't, over that. probably didn't even know what the hell he was saying or the impact it had on other people. Right, and, 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 and he probably has a better appreciation for that now. I, I, I want to I thank and hope that. So, I want to thank and hope that that's the case, and I'm going to hold on to that until unless something else comes out about it. So That's pretty much what's going on with the Braves. I mean, it would be good if we can win this damn Marlins series. We can win tonight. of clean sweep would be great Um, because it's been it's been rough it's been like really up and down mostly down baseball especially recently so but hopefully that big win on sunday will jump start things and yeah last night all these guys we've acquired keep it rolling yeah we'll get get it rolling right i guess the uh the only other thing to really talk about is the julio jones thing training camp there's a lot of training camp stuff going on. The big thing is Julio reports to training camp on the first day. The Falcons and, and Julio work out a deal where he gets a little more money from his contract this year. I think it's like two and a half million more than what he was, uh, had signed on for. And that there's still this idea that he may get more money or may get some extension next year. Uh, so do you think you were, we were overblowing this or everyone else was overblowing this? or Yeah. Or, the biggest reason why I think that is because we never heard anything from Julio. He never once said he was going to hold out. Right. And that's one thing that... So it's all speculation. Well, one thing I was going to say on this show, if he, if he hadn't ended the holdout at this point was, was like, Julio, why don't you come out and just tell us what the fuck you're, you're thinking? Is you have been, all we've been hearing is through these beat reporters and through these other guys in T.O. and whoever... That you're not happy. It's like, I want to hear it from the horse's mouth, what's going on. Maybe so, he did not want us all up in his business. You know, that's the way it is. is. personal. He's a very private guy. He's a very private guy. But I'm glad he's in camp. He's working out with the team. Calvin Ridley has come out and said, Julio's like another coach on the field. I am blessed to be here. My God. This God, is we are stacked on offense. You got to think and about defense. it. Right this is the year. This is the year.
1: Oh, we'll see about that, buddy. Uh,
0: this is the year. If we don't win this year, I'm going to be very upset. Win what? We've got to win the Super Bowl this year. There's no other way around it. Yeah. There's no other way around it. we have to win this year. We'll get to your precious Panthers in a minute. But I, I think that we... Um, I think we overblew it a little bit. I think we were all kind of searching for a story in the media. Not that we're media... I guess we are media well, I don't know. And then we take it personally, too. Right. Because, cause, cause it like... I'm thinking about how much money he's asking for and how much money we make on our podcast, and it's like, well, what the hell? Just throw us a little bit of that money. You right, know? exactly. That would be nice. Yeah. But I think, you know what? Someone made a good point. Uh, Matt Chernoff made a good point, and a couple other people on Twitter made a good point about, like, you know, it's okay for the team to alter a contract, but why is it not okay for the player to alter the contract? Why doesn't it go both ways? You know, it's sort of like... The team can restructure a deal, but if the player wants to restructure a deal, he's a motherfucker. Right. So that kind of made me think a little bit. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's a good point. I mean, the team kind of has that executive power to do whatever the fuck they want. But at the same time, you're kind of signing the contract with the team who sort of owns the contract. In effect, owns the. Right. Does it own the play? But you know what I mean? Owns their playing rights. But it's. it was it's uh, their employer. is their employer. So it's sort of like. Um, I'm just glad it's resolved. I'm just glad we can focus on football and fluff pieces at this point about how great we are. Yeah, I saw a picture of Julio smiling today, and I was like, I'm sorry, Julio. Right. I, I don't hate Did you. you immediately feel awful? Yeah, I felt guilty. Yeah, I, I did too. And I was like, ah. it's my public apology. Right. Um, I wonder if there was any sort of like, uh, it, it, you know, because Julio came out and said like, ah, oh, we we're never going to hold it out and all this stuff. I was like, well, why did that come out then? Did something really get done at like sort of the zero hour? does it really fucking matter. No. Does, does it? Do we really give a shit enough to to go into a prolonged no. discussion? This about is the it? last time we discuss Julio Jones's contract, right? Well, until something else comes up, right? Um, but uh, strictly you know, football from here on out, right? And that was nice to see. He's working out with Matt. He's working on red zone stuff. And you know, we'll, we'll fucking see what happens. But I'm just glad that whatever it was, it's it's just amazing all this hollow blue. And then it was resolved with two and a half million extra dollars, or whatever it was, just like that, taken from his already pre-existing deal. It was just—it was kind of mind-blowing that it was like that much shit for just two and a half million dollars for an NFL player. Crazy. Philly John had some sort of convoluted theory, I guess. Mm -hmm. Julio has been investing a ton of money recently Mm -hmm. into some business. I don't have a lot of details on it, yeah. But it's like, oh, maybe the guy was actually was strapped for cash. He's got all this money going to this company. He needed that two point five million dollars. Maybe who knows? I don't know. wanted, about wanted that. to wanted to make sure he got it. That's some uh, that's some speculation right there, big time. But what else is going on in uh, in training camp? Um. Well, Graham, all I've really seen so far is the defense looks amazing. They were shutting the offense down yeah uh, offensive line looks really solid though yeah uh Fusco is blending in well yeah I heard Fusco and Schweitzer are kind of competing for that spot like it's not as clear cut clear cut that Fusco is gonna beat out Schweitzer yeah so it'll be interesting to see that position battle go on through training camp and probably through the preseason so that's one of the position battles the other one is at fullback. Big fullback oh. battle going on. Damn it. <laughs> big fullback battle going on. Do you know, know the guys, guys from, this year, Greg? I, I don't. I got to look into it more. I, I read an article about it. I don't know their names off the top of my head. Well, I got to do, do some more research. I'm excited for you that you get to talk fullbacks yeah, I again. Got, I got to follow Thomas Dimitros' advice and do my research and on I'm, it. I'm pissed off at myself that I forgot about your love of fullbacks and that you could talk about them for right. so 25 I, I got to look at them some more. I'm just glad that Derek Coleman's gone because he was, he was not a good fullback. No. Bad blocker. Couldn't catch worth a shit. So, I'm um, I'm I'm glad that a warm some warm body is taking will eventually take this place. Yeah. So, that's one of the battles. Other one is uh, kick returner. They've been running Marvin Hall back there mm. along with Hardy and they claim Calvin Ridley's going to play there, which I don't really want to see that happen. I wouldn't mind seeing Marvin Hall and his limited action last year. I mean, the guy's got some wheels. He's a little small. Yeah. So, you worry about his durability over the course of a season, but I wouldn't mind seeing him take, take some returns. What so. was that shithead from the Lions? that I can't remember his name. That you hated with a passion? I can't remember his name. That's much I hate Good. him. Good. I blocked him out of my fucking memory. Right, I nothing. just know he existed, set us up a bad field position, and did nothing pretty yeah. much throughout the whole season. Uh, and one time he did score touchdown, got fucking called back. Yeah. But the most promising thing I've seen... Did you see this article about uh, your boy Sarkeesian? No. It was... Um, him talking about how the way he feels coming into camp this year mm. versus last year—it's night and day. That's good. Like he just feels so much more comfortable. And a couple of the, Sanu was quoted, and uh, I think one of the other receivers was quoted as just saying they can see it as well. Good. Like he's doing. They're always saying he's doing a good job. putting you it, think
1: he's drinking at practice again? Maybe that's what's making him comfortable.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point, Chipper. <laughs> If it works, it works. Right, exactly. Yeah. If it takes him to, you know, <laughs> drink a couple of uh, Coquitos before before practice, then I'm I'm all for takes it. Takes the Some edge off my for practice. Right. Um, I also take that statement differently, knowing that you're a Panthers fan, and could just be shitting on Falcons fans.
1: I am, and I'm not.
0: Okay. I think he needs to loosen up a little bit too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but that was good to hear. It sounds like he knows the players' uh, strengths a little more this year. Hmm. Yeah, and I know that was one thing that that came out last year was he said, I'm not comfortable with Julio Jones. Hopefully he is comfortable with Julio Jones this year. Because I remember last year that was the thing. It was like, I'm not... And I was like how can you not be comfortable with the top three receiver in the National Football League? What the fuck do you want? I don't know. I'm not going to comment that much on Sark, but I'm glad to hear that he's more comfortable alcohol or not. Whatever it fucking takes. Yeah, Yeah, I've also heard DeMonte Casey has has really showed a lot in the secondary. I'm really interested in seeing um, what Tack McKinley does this year. I know he's been banged up a little bit with uh, the same shoulder I was giving him issues last year coming off the surgery. I know he hasn't been practicing full tilt the whole time. But uh, he really needs to be healthy for us to have a good defensive line this year. He's going to be a critical component of that. So I hope he is. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's about covers the top and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think we got anything new on the Hawks, do we? Nothing new on the Hawks. Nothing really new on United. I know the MLS All-Star game is this week. I think Tonight. it's actually tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow's Wednesday. Today's yeah, Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. Uh, on August 1st is the MLS All-Star game. So we'll see what happens with, with that. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. That's on Atlanta United. Um you Chipper. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Bring it Being on. Being a formal uh, formal guest on the on the show here. So you're a you're a Panthers fan and a Braves fan. Ex- explain that to us. Well, well, first yeah. of all, first yeah. of all, okay. sure. Don't we need to address your name? Yes, Chipper.
1: Uh, my namesake
0: just got into the Hall
1: of Fame. Actually, yeah. So. I mean, that's big. Oh, I'm excited about, about that. that. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, we did forget to talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll we'll talk about it now. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, talk about we can it talk now. Talk about it. So. Yeah. So yeah, Chipper Jones um, officially inducted into the Hall of Fame over the weekend. Really special moment for anyone who's a Braves fan in the last 25, 30 Everyone years alive. Still, yeah. And I watched the uh, I watched the speech. I uh, I teared up when he started talking about the Braves fans and how much he meant, how much they meant to him. Yep. Um, which was the last thing he said, which I thought was really interesting. It was like he went through, sort of his upbringing in Pearson, Florida. It was funny too, because I read his ballplayer autobiography, and I was like, I've already heard this shit from your autobiography. Yeah, um, yeah, but- I'd, I'd heard the. There are a couple story, the Mickey Mantle story. Yeah, the Mickey Mantle story, the Jim Tomy story, where Jim Tomey, and a uh, there's a there's a bench clearing brawl, and Jim Tomy sort of just grabbed him and Chipper referred to him as the hand of God, sort of. held him on the fence and was like are you done what is life but just retelling all your cool stories I do it all the time oh yeah totally and uh, it was a really good speech he did a great job he's the first person to actually get up there and talk out of the five or six people that were inducted that's interesting Um, but this really was was special because it it brought a close to that era of Braves baseball in the sense that he's probably the last person from that era that's going to get in the hall of fame and it's amazing that we have maybe Andrew maybe Andrew I hope Andrew gets in but we'll, we'll see we have six Hall of Famers from that era, from that 91 to 2005, like well, I guess Chipper, 2012 era, which is you know Smoltzy, Glavin, Maddox, Bobby Cox, John Scherlitz, and then Chipper, and that's it. And that's amazing. You know, it's also which, amazing. That we only won one World Series yes, with and six that, Hall of Famers. Yeah, which sucks, but, you know. That is our life. That is our life. That is why we probably do this. Po- if we had won all these championships, we'd probably want to do this podcast. Probably so big, big tennis guys, right? Big big tennis guys. Yeah. Uh, so it was still nice to see Chipper up there. I don't know if you got a chance to see the speech or not. I watched the speech. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, it was really nice. I can't see his parents and not think back to the nineteen ninety five World Series, World Series video. champion VHS. VHS. Yeah, have, there's a making of, of the World Series nineteen ninety five where you had a lot of behind the scenes footage and then had people talk. It's like a docu. It's like a docudrama kind of thing. It's on YouTube. Just search 1995 95 World Series, um, Indians versus Braves, and I'm sure it'll it'll come up. But, yeah, it was really nice. His parents were there. His agent, B.B. Uh, Abbott, was there. I know Frenchie and a bunch of guys went out there from the Braves uh, to, to, to see him. And Man, it was it was emotional for me. I teared up. I teared up. I was like, God damn. Chipper Jones. He's <laughs> my favorite all-time Brave. Yep. favorite all-time baseball player, probably favorite all-time athlete honestly. I mean, he, he impacted my life from when I was a fucking small child to when I was a grown man. I mean, in in numerous ways, all great ways for the most part. I enjoyed hearing him talking about his mentors when he was a rookie uh in the on the lineup anyways, in the lineup uh mm-hmm. Fred McGriff he mentioned and yeah. David Justice mm-hmm. and uh just them kind of teaching him to do things the right way and then just seen it on the back end of his career, him doing the same thing with Freddy. Yeah. And now Freddy kind of seems like that. Freddy's, lifer. The, Freddy's the new Chipper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Freddy wants to spend his whole career here, regardless of money, just like Chipper. Yeah. Which is which is great. He's, Chipper paid it forward, and now hopefully Freddy will pay it forward with a guy like off, uh, Acuna or Ozzy or something. Right, like right. So.
1: He also had one of the chillest pregame rituals of all time. Just take a few cuts. Mm-hmm. Finish a full bag of uh, Doritos, Cool Ranch, watch 30 minutes of the pitcher, and then just roll out there and ball. No stretching.
0: Just. Is this let's, true? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Word. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Fucking a. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we'll get back to your interview uh, in person, Chipper. Panthers fan. Tell us why you're a Panthers fan. <laughs> So, I was
1: born in Charlotte in 1995, born and raised, Uh, so it's kind of confusing to a lot of people why why I am both a Braves fan and a Panthers fan, and the answer to that is that North Carolina is still Braves country. For those who don't know, our FS1 has Braves game every night as well, which is how it is in most of the Southeast, actually, so... For those of you from Atlanta or Georgia, wherever, are confused why people who aren't from your state are Braves fans, that is why. Because we watch them, pr- like, almost as much as I always opinion.
0: just assumed that it was all a TBS-era thing, and that's died out now. It has died out, but you got to think about it. In the southern region. But they still get Fox Sports. Right, yeah. in, in the southern region. In Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina. There's no other professional baseball team. You gravitate towards your geography, Brace Baseball. That exactly. No.
1: Yeah. And everyone at home plays baseball like I guess lacrosse is on the up and up, but no one really cares still about lacrosse. It's still big baseball in. Got a lot of good players from North Carolina they're all Brace fans growing up.
0: Hmm. So what can you tell us about the Panthers heading of this season? First thing I'll tell you is that
1: Cam Newton is healthy and practicing during the whole offseason for the first time since his 2015 uh, MVP campaign. Uh, uh.
0: So so is he going to bitch out when there's a fumble on the ground again? You know, <laughs> he
1: might bitch out when there's a fumble on the ground, but he's not going to lose 28-3 to in a Super Bowl and have a comeback happen. That hurts hurts you I'm guys, sorry you, I'm a guest here that was that was me
0: yeah. you got as many Super Bowls as we do friend yeah
1: big fat zip yep <laughs> <laughs> uh so what are you what are your expectations for the Panthers this year my expectations that... is higher than the rest of the nation and
0: for the record we didn't lose 28 to three we blew a 28 to three lead yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a big difference yeah, yeah. okay We lost in heartbreaking fashion I yeah. worded that poorly but yeah, yeah. Y- y'all know what I mean. just got to get the record straight yeah yeah but for, for the 1% of the world that doesn't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'm anticipating a playoff season. I honestly think at least two teams from the NFC South are going to be in the off. I mean,
0: I've been saying this for since last year. The NFC South is the best division of football. Oh, for sure. Three I mean, teams in the playoffs last season. Three
1: teams with over 11 wins?
0: Maybe we had 10. I think we had 10. Falcons had 10 wins. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, we had 10 but, or 11. But even still, that's that's impressive. I think the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons are all going to be battling for that division crown again this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them made the goddamn playoffs again.
1: I'm hoping this is Drew Brees' year where we're like, yeah, he's not good anymore. Let's put him out to pasture. But I do not see that I haven't seen that, so that for years. I've been yeah. waiting for it, man. I've really been waiting for
0: it, and I haven't seen it yet. And now that defense year Orleans, is kind of yeah. legit. It could be. Yeah, I think... Like he's gonna, this is good. he's gonna be forty, I think, by the end of the year. I mean, we're getting to the end of fucking Drew Brees. I hope us. so, man. I really hope so. Um, but I mean, the guy's a fucking baller. He's gonna he's gonna play as long as he wants to at this point. Uh, you guys have obviously taken Dontari Tari Poe from us. We have Don Tari Poe. No. From y'all, we right. got C.J.
1: Anderson from the Broncos. He's trash. <laughs> Better than Jonathan Stewart though. Perhaps. So we'll have a legit running game this year hopefully McCaffrey steps up and plays like the number eight pick that he is um you think that was a little bit of a reach I definitely think that was a reach uh just based off the first year I only saw one explosive play out of him the whole year which was our last touchdown of the year in the playoffs against the New Orleans Saints When he took, I think it was an in-and-out pattern to the end zone, 60 yards. It was the first time I saw him outrun anybody all year. So that was a good thing to see. But, I mean, I didn't see the number eight value out of him, you know? At the end of the
0: day, he's a white running back, so that's got to scare you. You know? Can we not say that, Graham? Eh. All right.
1: Yeah. You can say it. You can say it because that never happens, you know? Like... You we how many white guys you got the last couple of years? You got him. You got what? Peyton Hillis, H- who Freedom by the gross. way, ma- who by the way made a Madden cover.
0: Oh, the, the so, dude from Minnesota.
1: Oh, uh, he was a bulldozer. Toby oh, Gerhart. Fuck, fuck Toby Gerhart. That guy sucked. Uh, <laughs> he was like this uh, another Stanford guy actually, which is interesting. Um, but you know. I just really need to see something out of him soon for me not to consider him a number eight bust.
0: So what do you what do you think about um realistic expectations this year? Is this a This you know, is a an eleven win team. You think it's an eleven win team is, will, will, we have
1: a better roster this year than we did last what year. What about
0: the uh offensive line? Which is a big problem
1: for no, you know, last, last year. Oh, it always has been a problem do since we there. We're getting Khalil back, who is our heart and soul of the O line. We haven't had him healthy for the last like two or three years. And finally, we get him, his brother, Matt, is now our left tackle. Hmm. We get uh, Trey Turner, who is a Pro Bowl caliber the point guard. guard. No, he's a guard. He's he went to LSU. he went to L S U. He went to L S U. Yeah, not the shortstop for the Nationals. <laughs> they, they, they don't really look alike. Um, but, and then at right tackle, Daryl Williams, who's a good player, just sprained his MCL in camp. But our line is shaping up to be better than it has been in the past. Um, we just added Tory Smith, a veteran presence at receiver, which will help... Our young guys that we just drafted, we got DJ Moore from Maryland, who I think is going to be an absolute beast. Total athlete. Runs in the four threes, uh, running back when he catches the ball. I think he was the res- maybe offensive player of the year in whatever division he, he was Maryland. Plays. Ridley, yeah. Right? So yeah. we had the pick before y'all and we picked him instead
0: of Calvin Ridley. Interesting. So that'll be they'll have a lifelong uh, Right. It'll be like Flacco and Matt Ryan. Yep. Yeah, we'll see
1: who we'll see who plays out. Obviously, but and I think Funches really came into his own last season, and I think he can produce for us pretty solid this year. And of course, Greg Olson
0: coming yeah, back is
1: always a beast. So I think our offense looks good. Uh, what I'm worried about is our safety position. Hmm. We have two rookie safeties. We have Matt Adams, who's probably has four grandchildren at this point. Jesus. He's old. Last year he looked (laughs) slow, but he's definitely a smart player and can get himself in the right place. But this guy from Tennessee, Rashawn Golden, who's a freak athlete, could be really good if he can figure out the scheme fast enough. Um,. And as far as our cornerback goes, see, what's always worried me about us for the last couple of years, our secondary, like, you've seen Julio take advantage of us pretty much every time mm-hmm. we play y'all for the last couple of seasons. Bradbury, hopefully, can play well. He played pretty well last year, but not great. This guy we drafted out at LSU, Dante Jackson, watch out for that name. I'm Who, telling y'all, you he's a cornerback. Okay. And he flies, and he not only flies, he flies around. He hits, runs fast, makes plays, and talks a lot of shit. Has a lot of swag, and he's got dreadlock powers. So, I like that. Watch out for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm telling you, who's right.
0: got his dreadlocks back? Which I'm excited. Oh, about. that's good. Yeah, maybe that'll be the push he needs. Yeah. Uh, I guess last Panthers question. Luke Kuechly, obviously one of the best linebackers in the league. The best. How close? How many more concussions? How many more concussions does he have left in him? Mm, not many. I
1: know for a fact that he is worried about it. He's talked about how he like takes all precautions, like all the new gear you can wear to avoid it. And I mean, naturally, just all the knowledge out there about CTE and stuff, he he's kind of nervous about it. And, I mean, you can't really change the way you play and be as, fec- as effective as you're used to being. So I don't want to ask him to change how he plays because mm. he won't be as good. But we need him out there because he's so good. He's our heart and soul. And See, that's one thing I've always been scared of is him. Getting hurt and just being gone for good. Yeah. Like, I hate, like, he's never, he hasn't finished a season healthy in so long that. How old is he now? Oh, uh, I think we drafted him in 2012, like, number nine overall. So. 28, 29. That would make him, yeah, about 28 years old. Kind of seems
0: like the writing's on the wall, though. Like, if. Uh, the writing is on the wall. Up. Yeah,
1: the writings is on the wall. I just, I don't know. I want him to adjust. Hopefully he can start playing differently. But as you know, like, when you start getting concussions, you just keep on getting more and more concussions. Just like an old linebacker we used to have for the old school Falcons fans out there. I'm sure you remember Dan Morgan. Oh, oh yeah. And, uh... Same problem with him. He just busted his head up too many times and couldn't play any longer. So I just don't want that to happen to Luke because he's such a good guy and such a good player. I really want to see him
0: stay in for a
1: while. Yeah, we've and be had successful.
0: We've had the same fear about Devontae Freeman. He hasn't as many concussions as Tikeley, but it's in the ballpark. And we're kind of thinking, you know, sort of the same thing. If like one or two more happen, well, that's how he plays too, right? He's not going to slow downhill. down for anybody. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. You go to... So you're a Braves fan, obviously. Don't give a shit about basketball. You know... You got the... Oh, I used the bobcat to, there? so... Hornets.
1: So, what are they? well, now we're the Hornets, yeah. Uh, <laughs> funny thing is, I had uh, season tickets when I was a little baby. That would take me to Hornets games when we were actually legit. And then the whole scandal thing went down, the business partners weren't agreeing, just, like, sketchy deals and stuff. It, it It was a long time ago. I don't really remember. And they left for New Orleans. We get the Bobcats end up having, like, one of the worst seasons in NBA history. And I don't know. It's just... It's tough being in a state where college basketball is so relevant and everyone's, like, UNC... NC State, Duke, just three great programs. And then you have this NBA team that can never seem to do anything. So our focus in the state of North Carolina is just college basketball and pretty much totally away from the Hornets, even though we want to see them do well. And it's not like a fair weather situation, I guess, where if they did people would get on board because we haven't had anything to be excited about since like 1992 so i mean if you're just in the middle of the pack in the nba it's just it's worthless it's the lamest thing ever
0: like, yeah it's so boring do people want michael jordan out or do they just not no not i ambivalent, mean ambivalent or are they love, love michael MJ. because of we carolina MJ, yeah. that's because when he went to unc yeah he's
1: no. he's pretty much the King of North Carolina, right? He's the king of basketball of all time. Sorry, LeBron, but uh, like we definitely acknowledge that he made a lot of terrible decisions when he was making personnel choices or whatever. But we're not gonna say, oh, you can't own the team, mm-hmm. you know? He's not. He's not really doing anything. Mm. You know, he just sits back. Playing a ton of golf. Plays golf goes to games sometimes, and you know we love MJ. So that
0: sounds
1: is like, what it is. It's like
0: a complicated relationship. It's nice to hear other people have like sometimes close to shit or shit in terms of a another sports team in their town. It's not like everybody's yeah. perfect. Like the no. Hawks, we're gonna be rebuilding for the next five six well, years. It's, it's a vocal majority that we hear from all the time, right? And we don't hear from any.
1: Charlotte fans. No,
0: we're we're very much in our own. You hear about the Yankees. You hear about Red Sox, Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. Golden State. State. Yeah, yeah.
1: Anyone who's winning at that point. LeBron. LeBron. That's all we hear from. Can't not hear from LeBron. Yeah. LeBron actually did a cool thing lately. Uh, He got an old Nike shop, turned it into a school for underprivileged kids. Yeah, I heard kids, about that. And he released that either, yeah, like, today or yesterday. Yeah, that's
0: really cool, because, I mean, as much shit as I give LeBron as a player, like, I hate the way he complains during the game. I, you know, I can't stand the attention on him. I hate how he calls out his teammates in a passive-aggressive... Uh, passive-aggressive uh, fashion on social media, and on, you know, to the, and, and the actually physical media, but, I mean, like, altruistically, LeBron is a yeah, a good incredible person. philanthropist. A Amazing Very guy. socially conscious guy. And yeah, and to him to open a school for people and pretty much provide, like, what the government would provide a public school by himself yeah. is, like, maybe he has some investment partners, I don't know. But, like, to do that is incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, I mean like, I have resisted following LeBron on Twitter for so long because I'm, like, I can't stand LeBron. I can't see the attention around him, but once I saw that, I was like, "All right, LeBron." It's just us hearing about him all the time, right? It's like, I mean, like I never like hated the guy. Yeah. Also I, I his I, antics. I hate, yeah, like I hate how he complains, and I hate that he beats the Hawks in the playoffs. But when it comes to real shit in the world, hats off to do. After like I, he I, lost
1: I, the playoffs, he's rolling out to the press conference in a cast, like oh, like, actually,
0: my hand has been broken, like, this whole time. Like, shut up. Yeah, I don't like the guy. No one cares. (laughs) I I can't stand that, but, I mean, in terms of, like, who he is as a dude, he seems like a really genuinely good person. He's
1: better a lot of people's lives, for sure.
0: Yeah, so, hats off to that guy, as much as it pains me to say that as a Hawks fan. Well, we should have done and still could do. Do you have any questions for us? Hmm.
1: So... You're worried about Devontae Freeman's concussions, right? Mm-hmm. So you think Tevin Coleman can take the whole load mm-hmm. if Devontae
0: gets hurt? I have no doubt because we've seen it. We saw it last year, and we've seen it another time Devontae's been out. Tevin Coleman by himself can get over 100 yards in a game, no problem. Oh, he's a great
1: player, but that being said, you think he takes that starting
0: rollover. I think he could do it this year because, honestly, we've talked That's about it. That's what I've been seeing. I think I, he's better. I think he could be better. do Adam and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, we've said, you know, we've invested a lot of money in, in Devontae long term. The choice was made by Dimitrov and Blank and yeah. Quinn to say, Devontae's our guy. Signed him a big extension. Problem is the concussions and everything. And now everyone thinks pretty much Tevin Coleman's gone after this year. This is this last year. And it's like we can't afford to We're have Drafted that. his replacement already. We can't afford to have two high-profile backs. So, but, I say, wait to see what happens, because it might turn out that Vinday's career is screwed after this season, and now you've got to assign Tevin to an extension, and you just got to I don't that. think you can afford both of them. Well, you might not, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you could, I, I, but, don't, I don't see the Falcons doing something shitty and just, like, cutting Devontae. I don't NFL know. NFL contracts aren't guaranteed. Right, but he's guaranteed money this year, I think, next year. Uh, or at least this year, I think. So, it's like, you conceivably could do that.
1: Right. You don't want to tie up the, the millions of dollars in the backfield like the Panthers did with Jay Stu and D'Angelo. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> right, made us tank for <laughs> like three years right. I and mean, be you, so bad. Look so. at how the
0: Patriots do business. I mean, they've, they've rotated running backs more times than a whore on Moreland Avenue. I mean, like, they. they... Are they done for the prostitutes? Who, Moreland Avenue? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just picking a road okay. from Atlanta. I thought that was relevant to people. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm just saying, it's just like, you know, you don't see that happen a lot. So it's like, I know we got into a debate when Devontae was signed. We were happy for him. And maybe that got in our, our way of sort of looking at more sound judgment. But maybe we, maybe we shouldn't have done that. I don't know. Because now we're in a position where it's like we got a lot of money tied up with that right back. Just got hope for a big bounce back here from the guy. Yeah. Also,
1: I really need to hear some Atlanta fans' true feelings on Matt Ryan. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he great? Is he elite? W- what do y'all think? I think Where do y'all rank him this argument. in
0: terms of NFL quarterback How is he not tiers? elite? Yeah. I don't get it. Can you name me five diff- five other quarterbacks that are better than Matt Ryan? Yeah, for sure. All right, do it. Um, and, obviously don't, and don't put Cam Newton Aaron
1: Rodgers, Tom Brady. Okay. Cam Newton, oh, get Shit. out of here! Dude, oh,
0: shitty completion percentage. Drew
1: Brees, Cam Newton, Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers, fuck you Up. Ben Roethlisberger, get out of here! Uh, dude, Big Ben's better than Matt Ryan. Come on now. Um, l- let me keep going. Let's Keep going. Philip Rivers, Russell, Cam... Russell Wilson, fuck that. Andrew Locke. no, because he can't stay hell. He's got like a lacerated kidney. Deshaun Watson will be soon not
0: but not right now. Um the only people I put over Matt honestly are Breeze, as much as it pains me to say that, Brady and Rodgers. Rodgers. I can't Rogers. think. You think he's the fourth? I, you think I, he's
1: better than Russell Wilson? I think he's better. Are, are than you Russell just Wilson?
0: naming every quarterback in the NFL at this point? No. That I th- Dak I, Prescott. I just
1: don't think Matt Ryan's good.
0: How is he not good?
1: He's had he's sick weapons forever and it's just been like pretty mediocre. That's not true. His
0: top wide receiver's rookie year was Michael Jenkins. Not a sick one. He didn't one, get didn't Julio it. until 2011. Didn't get Tony do well, in I don't, know, I don't in know how long he's
1: been there. The thing is, is that I also, think... Also, why is his nickname Matty Ice? Because he always seems to blow it.
0: Oh, Jesus. I think that... <laughs> I like, question. like. I think I, I, I won't comment on that. I think I think the only quarterbacks you can say are in the Matt Ryan convers like are in that conversation. I think Breeze is better, Brady's better, Rodgers is better, Carson Wentz is in that conversation. Derek Carr. No. Yep. No, because he hasn't had the longevity. Matt Ryan has won playoff games, he's won an NFC Championship, an MVP, and he has a good completion percentage. And I swear to God. He's, he's better than most of the league, but I cannot think of another quarterback after Brady, Rodgers, Breeze, and Wentz. We've been a consistent. And Roethlisberger. Those are the Big five. Man. Those are the five, and I put Matt Ryan in that same area. Like he's a top. I think Brady top, and are their own. Yeah, that's tier. fine. That's fine. After that, everybody else comes up. Then comes he, up after that, but so I think he's, I can't. He's great. But it's really those those six I think are the best quarterbacks in the league. And like Russell Wilson, you can make the argument for, but he's a whole. It's hard to compare Russell Wilson to 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 Matt because he has the ability to make plays with his with his legs, and not just in the sense that he can rush the ball, but in the sense that he can scramble yeah, around enough yeah, in the pocket the to right. Matt can't do that. So here's so, a here's a question for you: do As you, much do, do you think that the Panthers' GM, whoever the hell it is, if he had the opportunity right now to Get Matt Ryan straight up for Cam Newton. Hell no. He would say no. He'd absolutely say no. I think I can't stand Cam Newton. Because,
1: so you He's look at our line isn't constructed as strong as y'all's, number one. So, so, if we have Matt Ryan standing in the Carolina Panthers pocket, he gets sacked uh, it's like ten times a game and can't do what he can do with the, like, and y'all have had way better weapons on offense than we've had the last I would couple agree. years. I would agree so with that. if he comes
0: to the Panthers, he would not—he'd be a mediocre quarterback. I would say though that the year Matt run the MVP, it's not like he just threw touchdowns at Julio. He threw touchdowns to twelve different receivers. Oh uh, yeah, he was a monster. Yeah, I are, think Matt Ryan is a top ten. Y'all's quarterback offense was clicking that year with yep. uh, Shanahan as the C. Shanahan, if he had any fucking balls, would have come back and finished what he started. He would come back last year and we would have fucking won the <laughs> Super Bowl. Well, I think that wraps up today's episode of Atlanta Zone. Cousin Chipper, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Thank you for listening. Go, Panthers. No. Hospitalis.